All right, welcome to the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. Graham, did you know this is episode 440? Oh my God, Chris, mm. that is amazing. This is the first episode after the All Things Comedy Festival. Wow. In Phoenix, Arizona. Holy cripe. We're a quarter of the way to 1760. Yeah, already. Already. <laughs> it's only been 20 years. I know. It's a, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> what are we going to do for the 1760 yeah. <laughs> episode? going to be great. Uh, we're going to get in our rocket cars and fly to the moon. <laughs> or are we going to be fighting over drinking water? Yes. <laughs> Could... It doesn't have to be either or. Yeah, we could, could have be, both. Yeah, we yeah, could have both. Yeah. We could have both. Who's to say we can't have a water war yeah. and fly to the moon? Sure. And mm-hmm. I'm in. You know, drill, baby, drill. Maybe there's water on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we just got back a couple of days ago from the All Things Comedy Festival. We want to thank all the fans that came out to fun. the uh, um, live podcast. Uh, there wasn't a lot of you, but we know it was the super fans. Here's how we knew. Because you brought your own merchandise for us to sign. So if we had known that, we would have brought less to sell. I know. Because so, like, you guys brought all your own. <laughs> which I love. Yeah. I love that you guys do that. You know, what, however you get the merch is cool. Mm-hmm. And I know some people... Um, so we gave out free t-shirts. We gave out free t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So you came to the show, you got a free t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So thank you to everyone who showed up. That was really cool. And I love the ATC Fest. They, you know, in the second year, they really... I know last year the pop-up studio was sort of a last-minute thing. Like, they just sort of found this it popped up space, and they yeah. literally <laughs> popped it up. And this year they made it more of like an integrated part of the festival. Aaron? Yes, sir. So you were working primarily at the pop-up studio the whole time? Entirely. Or? And yes. part of your job was to weigh down the giant ATC letters, correct? Yeah, they did topple at one point. <laughs> Uh, right before you guys, actually. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I know. right saw, after the Sklar Scar- Brothers. So a lot of the weight, people carrying weights. I'm like, this can't happen this again. This can't be good. <laughs> um, what did you notice? What was the thing that stood out to you just in terms of... The giant like, letter marshal's going to yeah, visit. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Phoenix letter police yeah, showing yeah. up. Like, what was different for you, or what did you notice? Uh, from I definitely your- noticed a spike in attendance. Um, I, de- I don't think there were... There were maybe two shows where... And that's including the first one uh, on Thursday that that had you know nobody there, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it was it was mostly there was a, a good little crowd for everybody there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really it was fun again. You know, I did a set then on that Friday at the Tempe Improv, which was just it's a, a great room. Oh, it's a great mm-hmm. room. You know, we did it last year. Ron Placone mm-hmm. and I did it in May with the Progressive Comedy Tour, so it was really fun. And, you know, great turnout at that show and, you know, just hanging out at Stand Up Live and seeing all the comics and, you know, like, uh, we had the Sklar Brothers on the show. If you guys haven't listened to the episode, it's it's a blast having the Sklar Brothers yeah, on the show. Yeah, really funny. And then I watched them do like a 50-minute set. They're kind of working on a new hour, um, you know, for another special. And I was like, I hadn't seen them do a full, a long set in forever. You know, we don't get mm-hmm. to see each other do headline sets because we right. all go do headline sets on the road. Um, so it was great to see their longer set and their new material was was really cool. And, uh, you know, I saw Eddie Pepitone and Brody and, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun festival. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's really great. It's in a great area, too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, they put us up right by the the, um, the pop-up studio and the comedy club mm-hmm. and there, there's food and bars and, yeah. there's every, you know, everything you kind of need in that little uh, downtown area. Where, Aaron, where do you see... Like, where do you see the festival going in terms of growth, expansion, in years to come? What do you... From what I hear, we are we are looking into... We're obviously still staying in Phoenix. We'll probably be in the same spot next year. Uh, but then possibly expanding to another location as well. Oh, having like multiple ATC uh-huh. fests? Oh, that'd be really cool, yeah. man. Yeah, like an East Coast. Oh, that'd be oh, great. That'd be great. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, it's really... And I think the... You know, the fans showing up, they really, like any new festival, we're like, oh, we heard about this last year, but so we mm-hmm. wanted to make it this time. We had some people say that to us. There were builds. definitely people who were who I recognized from last year, which is oh, great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And I think, you know, a lot, especially, I think it's good to bring, you know, we, we always talked about this with PodFest of bringing it into some markets that were, sl- you know, smaller than LA because 
you know, we're sort of spoiled in Los Angeles that on any given night of the week, you can go see all these huge name acts. Right, right. At mm. any of the clubs around town. Yeah, the and even places that aren't clubs. Yeah, even just like a bookstore. Like, yeah. oh, wow, there's this massive name act, mm-hmm. you know. Um, whereas when you bring all that talent, that name talent to another city, like, you know, Phoenix has three full-time clubs, I think. Stand Up mm-hmm. Live, the Tempe Improv, and then there's one I think called Comedy Comedy. So... And on any given weekend, there's maybe three name acts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, in your town versus during the festival, there was a do- there was two dozen, you know. Right. Like, um, so that's a really cool thing. I hope the festival grows. It's really fun. It's, it's as we've said, you know, it's great just being as a festival as a performer and not having to produce it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier. <laughs> it is a lot and easier. And we make more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, well, Grandma, we even, with going to a festival, doing a live podcast, we still found time to see some movies. Yeah. Because Actually, you guys deserve it. You guys, mm-hmm. well, the festival, I, one of the reasons I was able to see a film was my, f- so we drove in Thursday and you drove back Friday, so mm-hmm. I stayed Friday. And then Saturday, the cheapest flight was like late in, like late in the day, like I left around six o'clock or something like right. that. So I had all this time to kill Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I walked to my local downtown Phoenix Cineplex and mm-hmm. saw a movie for like five bucks. I was like, right. God, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't get used to that. No, no. <laughs> I always try to see movies on the road because they're cheaper. Yes. Uh, and I saw The Hate You Give. And, you know, this is Feel a... Feel good movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah, it's obviously pretty mm-hmm. heavy in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, but it does have, it, it does try to have... Um, you know, a, a, a positive message. And I, I don't want to give stuff away. I want to bring mm-hmm. up the IMDB on it because... Um, the trivia was interesting on it when I pulled this up. Yeah, what'd you find? Uh, the film makes many references to the beliefs and work of Tupac Shakur. And on the night of Tupac's uh, murder, he was riding a black 1996 BMW 7 sedan with chrome custom rims driven by Suge Knight. In the film, King... The film's antagonist drives a late model black BMW 7 series sedan with chrome custom rims. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some uh, um, uh, emulation of, of that event. You know, there was... So George Tillman Jr. directed it. It's based on a book by Audrey Wells, and Angie Thomas did the... Um, I'm she sorry. did the novel. Audrey Wells mm-hmm. did the screenplay. She did mm-hmm. the adapted, and Angie Thomas did the... Um, I'll say this. I think Audrey Wells should get an adapted screenplay nomination. Oh, is that good? Yeah, they yeah. did. I, I'm not familiar with the book. I have not read it, but they, um, it was really, it was really powerful. And it, it, and I just want to read the director's credits too, before I get in. Uh, so he's done, it looks like, you know, he did Notorious, he did Men of Honor. Uh, he directed Soul Food. He's done a lot of TV. He's directed an episode of Luke Cage. Um, which is rad. <laughs> um, and, you know, nothing huge, but this movie, um, the thing the thing I liked about this film was it was very three-dimensional in all of the characters and the, and the stuff that it tried to, to tell. Oh, that's great. So this is in the trailer. This isn't giving anything away for those of you who haven't seen it. So she is a girl who lives in a predominantly black neighborhood, but her parents send her to a predominantly white private school. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the beginning of the movie is she's like, you know, if you want to go to this high, my, the high school in my neighborhood, that's where you go to score junk, get pregnant, join a gang. Right. Um, so she, her parents drive her to the other side of town. The um, the guy who plays her dad, I, I want to, this actor, uh, Russell Hornsby plays her dad. Um, and he is a really good actor. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him in um, in a, in let me let me bring up some stuff that that he's played. Um, I, mean, I see Anthony Mackie's in the movie too. Anthony Mackie plays mm-hmm. King. Uh, mm-hmm. Common plays her uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Hornsby has you know he's in Fences. Um, you know he's been, he's been a he's been a bit actor for a, a character actor for a lot of stuff, but right. he you know he's done a lot of TV. But like his big, he had a big role in Fences, and you know he's he's literally his his IMDb resume is all almost all TV. There's some video games on there yeah. too. <laughs> but he is, I, I mean, he plays the dad, right? So mm-hmm. he he plays her dad. This this um, 
Um, Amanda Steinberg plays the lead, Star Carter, right? Mm -hmm. The opening scene is him giving, having the talk to um, her and her brother about if you get pulled over by a cop, you put your hands on the dashboard, right. you know, and it's no like- No sudden movements. No, mm -hmm. and it's like, she goes, that's when I got the talk, you know, mm -hmm. like black parents have to have this talk with their kids. Right. And um, the reason I really like this film is this, this, this type of story and watching the trailer, I was like, I hope they don't fall into two-dimensional character land right. of like- Of like stereotypes. The gangbanger, right. Right. the cop, the white cop, right. the white boyfriend, yeah. the black friend. The like, racist cop. The ra like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I really hope they don't fall mm. into that. And they did a really good job of showing the full scope of, of all of this. Mm. Her dad used to roll with the gang. He um, did prison time and was like, I'm out and I'm providing for my, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight and narrow and- so he knows that life, but he's not going back into it. The, you know, her boyfriend is a white dude. And that easily could have been just- Well, that's all she had to choose from, from the all white school. Yeah. <laughs> but like that easily could have been the stereotypical white guy. But there's a, you know, and, but they handle it the right way. There's a scene where he's like, look, I don't, I don't understand, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm your boyfriend. I want to be there for you. And she, it, 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 you know, just brought some stuff up from, from like my high school years of like. And watching the white shadow. Watching the white shadow for sure. <laughs> um, of her like, you know, she doesn't want to bring her boyfriend around her neighborhood. Right. Mm -hmm. And you see how she doesn't fit in in either world. She goes to a party in her neighborhood and She's like, I don't fit in in this world and I don't fit in in the white private school either. You know, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm sort of have these two personalities and they're very much at odds with each other. Um, because, you know, at the, at the party in her neighborhood, you know, a gang fight breaks out and, and you know, the cops show up and, right. and, you know, and then the white school, they're all trying to act black and be cool. And, mm -hmm. you know, she's like, and, and even like the relationship with Common. Common doesn't have a huge role in this, mm -hmm. but he plays her uncle who's also a cop. Mm -hmm. But there's a scene where they talk about- And who was probably one of the more expensive actors on the set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why he had his- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they could afford a week of right. Common, but they couldn't afford yeah. five weeks of Common. Um, but no, there's a, really, there's a really great scene where she's talking to, because what happens, and this is in the trailer, of, of childhood friend of ours is, He's giving her a ride home at a party. He gets pulled over by the cops. The cop's a white cop, shoots him. He, he's brushing his hair. He doesn't have a gun. Right. So it really, it talks about the complexities of all these issues. You know, people mm -hmm. in the media want to portray the kid, her friend that got shot. Well, he was a drug dealer. And she's mm -hmm. like, well, wait a minute. There was no jobs. Her mom got sick. His mom got sick. He had, you know, like, um, and Common's conversation that he has with her about being a cop and what a routine traffic stop is, is like, wow. Right. They really showed all sides of this. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to give away the ending, but you know, how they, because I was also, as we were ramping up to the ending, I go, how are they going to leave it just nothing changes, everything's shitty, mm. or yay, we fixed it all, like right. Disney ending, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and, and they, didn't, they didn't do either. They really mm -hmm. did a good job. It was very well, the, the dialogue and the characters are very, three-dimensional mm -hmm. it was really the mom the dad it wasn't these clear-cut things in some of the instances it mm -hmm. was very it was very compelling and it very it was you know i i i remember god i remember when i moved to evanston illinois and we were living on the south side of evanston and we were in a condo right <clears throat> it was nice it wasn't crappy but there was stuff you know there was a burnt down gas station by us and mm -hmm. and i remember when girls who lived in the north side of Evanston where the bigger the mansions were would give me a ride home, I would not have them drop me off right in front of my place. Oh, right. I would have them drop me off like a block or two away. Oh, it's mm. too hard. It's because I didn't want to see this like alley and a burnt down gas station and all this stuff. Mm. And so I, I I kind of identified with some of that in the story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember I went to like a winter formal with a girl uh, that was black and took some shit for it hmm. from like some of the black guys and stuff like that. And 
um, I saw, you know, she's at this party and I was like, oh, you acting all white now. Or, you you know, like all the sort of the racial identity uh, politics or whatever you want to call it that she had to kind of navigate. Culture. culture and, mm. and the either culture with skewed views of the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in, but she's in both of them. So she mm. actually kind of knows. Right. Um, and uh, it was really... It was a really, it's a really well-told story. It's obviously very timely. Mm-hmm. And I think it should get some nominations, quite honestly. Um, Performances too, or was Yeah, it, was Amanda Steinberg, for sure. The girl yeah. that plays star, she's the lead. She carries the heavy load of the acting throughout most right. of it. She does a good job. Mm-hmm. I think Regina Hall and Russell Hornsby, who play her parents, mm-hmm. um, should get maybe nominations. Common, God, he should, but his role, I don't know if it's big so enough. It's too small. Um, but the, but adapted screenplay for sure. Right. And maybe even a nomination for best picture for the director who did a really good, I mean, you know, this could have fallen into so many two dimensional cliches. Um, but the, the director, George Tillman Jr. Um, I mean, it was a, um, it's a best-selling book. So, you you know, it was one of those things where, well, there's going to be a huge audience for Mm -hmm. this already. Now, I don't know, like, how is it doing? Like, uh box office wise you know that's a great let me let me see because there's here's another one of those movies that uh it's got a strong foundation because the book's so uh popular but not seeing a lot of marketing spent on this movie it's it's one of those well it said it's done uh, as of october 28th it's done 18 million dollars gross in the u.s my guess is the budget was probably 10 yeah it's probably in that range so sure uh, it's making money yeah yeah that's (coughs) and it's still in its um theatrical run so i really this is one of those movies we talk about this every year of like i really hope they have the money to make an oscar push well you know what's interesting is um it could be something like moonlight where the money was spent for a push for golden globes and then that propelled it into the oscars right so something like that could happen i hope so because Mm -hmm. it's a really it's a contemporary story when when i first saw the trailer i thought it took place in the 90s with all the tupac she's just a young girl that likes 90s culture. Right. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, and they talk, they quote Tupac, they... Yeah, yeah. It seemed you know, to be it was a big influence. And 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 how, you know, the lyrics of Tupac of like, we gotta, we can't have any more excuses. We have to pick ourselves up and mm-hmm. protect our community. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really solid movie. And I, um, you know, there's a scene where Russell Hornsby, her dad, is like, I named all of you kids because this was my intention for you. Mm-hmm. And your name is Star. Mm-hmm. I want you to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of it is her sort of wrestling. Do I talk about this publicly, what happened? Do I, or do I not? And there's mm-hmm. threats from all different sides if she talks about this. Um, and how she navigates that as a whatever, a 15, 16 year old girl. Right. Um, and how that's handled. Hmm. So it was really, I, I liked it a lot. It's, 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 it's worth watching. Great. All right. Well, I saw The Old Man and the Gun. Um, in theory, this is Robert Redford's final role before retiring, for, retiring from acting. We'll see if it's a Stephen King retirement or if it's an actual retirement. We, you know, I don't know. Wasn't uh, The Castle back in like 2007 yeah. <laughs> supposed to be his last movie or something? So I'm, you know, and here's the thing too. As I'm watching Robert Redford in this movie, he's having so much fun in this movie. I'm like, this is really going to be his last one right. or it'll be, you know, the kind of thing where uh, uh, maybe he'll take uh, some time off and go, you know what, maybe I'll do one more. <laughs> yeah, she's not good. <laughs> uh, so this this was a really interesting, fun film because it was old school Hollywood <laughs> in every sense of the uh, expression because you have a um, an actor with a huge resume and pedigree, you know, a giant star, Robert Redford, but you also have a type of story that was common in uh, Hollywood's heyday, the gentleman thief. You know, mm-hmm. he's a bank robber, but he was a gentleman, never hurt anybody, and he was like almost like a, um, you know, this this legendary figure. Like he escaped from prison like 16 times, something like that. And it's also based on a true story. It's based on a real guy, which is interesting. Um, so, but Robert Redford portrays this guy in such a likable manner. It's like, yeah, he's a bank robber, but come on, he's so charming. He's so charming. Yeah. And even when the police are like interviewing the bank after he gets robbed, like the manager's like, you know, 
he was he was a gentleman. <laughs> like, like they really play that up, which is such an old school Hollywood thing. Like where uh, you know you have this. There was that um, uh, kind of like uh, uh, glorification of you know the the gentleman robber and mm-hmm. you know the guy that you know honor among themes, all those things. Um, and this is way before Heat. You know, like movies like that. Um, so it was really an interesting thing. It was good to see Sissy Spacek on uh, mm-hmm. on 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 this the uh, the screen as well. You know, they had a great relationship. What I love too is like there's these two actors that have been in a thousand movies, and um, they're just having fun playing like a meet cute. You know, as they're hanging out in right. a uh, in a coffee shop, getting to know each other. You know, he's hitting on her, and he's like, "Oh, I don't want you know, I don't want to tell you what I really do because you'll leave. You walk out that door, and it's like." Uh, and he's like a bank robber. He's like, well, what would be worse if I was lying or if I was telling the truth? <laughs> like, like lines like that, they're just really like, you know, the charm of the scenes just the scenes just came out, and it made me think too. If these stars weren't anchoring and driving this film, a it never would have gotten made. B and it also wouldn't have been nearly as interesting. Like this is the also the epitome of a star driven movie. Right. Like if this didn't have Robert Redford in it. Nobody cares, right. you know, and uh, what also was really smart casting is the cop that's trying to catch him is Casey Affleck. So it's almost like, uh, in a way, you're passing the baton to the next generation right. of actor um, and having seeing them interact uh, was really cool. And then he had like kind of like a begrudging respect for him. Yeah, he's a cop. He's trying to catch a bank robber. But there's just that mystique and that legendary feel for this guy that like, oh, my God, he's been doing this for 60 years or whatever robbing banks escaping prisons and uh all these things they they have like it's almost like a uh a reverence that they have for someone like this and uh it was really interesting there was one thing that took me out of it is uh they went through um all the different ways he was escaping from prison you know it was the typical the laundry and going under the car and mm-hmm. you know climbing over the wall or digging a tunnel all that stuff there was one where they showed this one time he built a boat and like he built a boat really <laughs> in prison he built a boat and sailed away from the prison even if there's a kernel of truth in that from the real story it didn't work cinematically because yeah. it almost like, well, now he's like MacGyver or a superhero because then they showed the boat. It had like a sail and all this thing. Like, how could he have built that in prison? And no one noticed. And then he just sailed away on it. Um, so it was a little weird choice there. Uh, but what I love too is like at first I thought, oh, did they like do the Benny Button thing and like make him look younger for some of these escapes? No, they actually... Uh, um, took a clip from the chase. Oh, nice. So I was like, okay, yeah, because that looks like an older... When I looked at it again, I'm like, this looks like an older movie. So that was part of Did the... Did they take uh, stuff from Brubaker yeah, and every I, other know, like prison movie he's on, done? Honestly, they could have, but they didn't. That was the only one they, they pulled from. Everything else was kind of in shadow where they just kind of showed him um, getting out when he was older. When I saw the trailer for this, I was sort of reminded of uh, The Gray Fox, that movie that Richard Farnsworth did in the 80s, right? where he played a stagecoach robber mm. that went to prison for 30 years and when he came out it was after the industrial revolution right. and he didn't it was that that age-old story of like he can't get a regular job right so he starts robbing trains mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um he's this gentleman robber and, mm-hmm. and he's sort of glorified and it's this very beautifully shot movie it's exactly and, what this felt like yeah this what sure. it felt like mm-hmm. who richard farnsworth obviously was in uh, the natural with him mm-hmm. she he played one of the assistant coaches on yep. on the on the new york nights mm-hmm. um so that's interesting was in that movie where he drove the tractor too that uh well that was the one yeah where he drove mm-hmm. it that was one of his last films mm-hmm. um before i think he took his own life because he was suffering from really painful form of cancer mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but yeah it, it looks interesting to me yeah and uh one of the one of the things i also um liked about it too is that like it didn't pretend to be anything else it wasn't it wasn't pretending to be like this hard-hitting biopic of like this robber it was just a fun popcorny star-driven old school hollywood movie and it knew what it was right like this is what we're presenting to you there's not going to be any surprises as far as tone or twist endings or um or or switches like a horrible murder towards the end that's kind of like oh my god where did that so it was um it, it it stayed um uh it stayed in the tone that it should have stayed in which was a 
um, old school Hollywood, gentleman robber, um, light fun, and even like uh, um, uh, Robert Redford said, like I did it because it was you know it would be a fun last movie to right. do, and uh, so it totally. Um, made sense and then there's a couple they put a couple easter eggs too of a robert redford's earlier films including like the opening typeface uh it was nearly identical to what opened butch cassidy and the sundance kid all oh, right and um there was one scene between uh, robert redford and casey affleck where affleck runs a finger over the side of his nose like the sting yeah like the sting exactly with the comment they were <clears throat> fellow travelers to let the other con man know um so it was it was really um, interesting, and I'll tell you what was also interesting is it made me think about Clint Eastwood's movie coming up, like how Clint Eastwood um, is still he's the aging criminal, and yeah, the mule, playing, playing and the, the mule, yeah, 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 and uh, the the difference is Eastwood's like you know it's going to be dark and gritty, all like the movies I wanted, um, whereas this one was just more Butch Cassidy fun, so it's like I think like both these movies will be interesting swan songs to um, great careers. Like, uh, But again, if they're the last movies. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Robert Redford is, you know, he's had so, I mean, you know. It's been quite a career for him. Career. I mean, they, then he comes back in the Avenger movies and like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> plays, says Hail Hydra. Yeah. I mean, he was somebody that, you know, when I was a kid. And he found a ton dance. Yeah, he yeah. found it Sundance. <laughs> when I was a kid, he was like, wow, because Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and The Sting were like mm-hmm. amazing. But then again, um, The uh, Electric Horseman right. is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Natural is one of my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had that string of sort of the gritty working class guy, Three Days of the Condor. Right. Um, all the President's Men. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. These yeah, were like yeah. iconic films and some of them were like very, you know, socially relevant mm-hmm. um, that he would always play these guys. Uh, the Candidate, that's another great film that just mm-hmm. shows like how fake politics is, you know. He uh, he does all this stuff to, to get, and when he wins, he's like, now what? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so it's great to, I don't know, this is something... Even though Casey Affleck's a creep, I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes me want to see this. <laughs> it's definitely um, um, worth seeing for sure. I really feel this is like a perfect airplane movie. <laughs> like, oh, uh, right. yeah. Now, will it win any Oscars? No, it won't. But it wasn't the thing that I loved about it. It wasn't designed to. It wasn't meant to. Like, right. there. This is the kind of movie that um, you're just going to enjoy um, on the level it's intended. Yeah, so. it's not one of those movies that has a like. Here comes the Oscar scene. Right. You exactly. know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it um, it avoided those, and everyone's having such. And this is this is what really comes through. Everyone's having such a good time. Casey Affleck's having a good time. Robert Redford's having a good time. Sissy Spacek's having a good time. Even there's little cameos with um, uh, Danny Glover and uh, I think it's Tom Waits. I believe is in it too. Mm. It's like it's like part of his uh, over the hill gang, <laughs> right? Um, and you literally see them for a couple of shots. That's it. I'm like, I'm like, I think that's Danny Glover. He's only in like three shots. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Tom Waits and like uh, I'm waiting for the Tom Waits song. There's got to be someone. There's got to be one on the on the soundtrack somewhere. Um, so so it's definitely uh, worth worth seeing for sure. Aaron, so. have you seen anything? I did. Uh, when I was in Phoenix, uh, our hotel rooms had HBO Go, so I caught my dinner with Hervé. How was that? Oh. Peter Dinklage as Hervé Villachey. Wow. Yeah. What is that like? Um, it's a little all over the place. It's it's okay. It's not bad. Um, he does the voice of Hervé, which is really disturbing coming mm. out of Peter Dinklage, who you know so well and has such a great voice. Um, they do some great like de-aging of him at one point mm-hmm. like to, to play the young Irve because obviously I think Dinklage is in his 40s um, did they recreate any footage from that movie The Forbidden Zone yes wow yes, really yeah. really <laughs> yeah yeah and they did uh, obviously Fantasy Island stuff mm-hmm. they had Andy Garcia playing uh, Ricardo Montalban <laughs> Which okay, now I want to see this movie. This sounds like a train wreck. He could have done a better impression, <laughs> if you're asking me. But I mean, it's a good choice. I think Andy Garcia can barely do an Andy Garcia impression right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could have gone with a different guy. I it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have hurt. 
Um, Jamie Dornan is the other co-star, like the main star of the movie. They're basically, uh, Peter Dinklage wanted to do this movie forever. He met the director and the director had had this experience. He, he literally had this crazy night with interviewing Hervé Villachey and then he died shortly thereafter. Cause he took wow. his own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I forgot until the end of the movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's historical. Um, so Jamie Dornan kind of plays his, it's, I mean, it can't even be remotely, uh, the same as his own life. Cause he's playing like an Irish reporter who's, uh, uh, an alcoholic who's barely sober. And, you know, <laughs> uh, do I think, do I think Jamie Dornan can act? I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with that guy. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was great on the fall as the serial killer. Such a creep. I don't know if I can see him as anything else at this point. Um, Cause they kind of just yell at each other for a lot of it. Mm. He's like, damn it, Hervé. And Hervé's like, what? We gotta have fun. You know, so like, it's like a wrestling match. Yeah. But I mean, it's really, it's just really crazy to see Peter Dinklage do this voice for an hour and a half. Like it's, it's just insane. Cause it's so much higher and right. how weird. It almost, it almost makes you think they did it in post like they adjusted his voice they might have does it take you out of it no i think you get used to it or does the whole movie take you out of it no no (laughs) i don't think so it's it's okay it's worth a watch just to see him do this voice and and to to relearn about his life because it is pretty crazy i think it's yeah i think it might even be a little nuttier uh in reality but um, (laughs) they toned it down for hbo (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) So you're in a hotel room with nothing to do. You're saying this is a movie to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All yeah. Right. It's worth it's worth a watch. What the hell? All right. Get your it's little I mean, nostalgia like, fix. And yeah, it, it would be the guy had it. It was an interesting cat who had an interesting life, you know. And Dinklage is just so watchable. Like yeah. he's just, you know, he's ins- it's you can watch him do anything. All right. Yeah. My dinner with Irve. Is there any uh, like? insights to like um did he not want to do fantasy island was he excited to get the role or oh yeah he was super excited because he had he'd done the bond film on the man with the golden gun right and then was living out of his car when he got the call for fantasy island and aaron spelling wanted him there was no audition process you know it was just boom i need that guy so yeah it changed his life but then obviously he kind of threw it all away Hmm. drinking and womanizing and stuff Right. Was he doing drugs? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, then yeah. Had, uh, yeah. and he gets married, and it's like the girl just wants fame. She's kind of like, literally, as they're kissing during their wedding, like she's looking at a camera. Like, <laughs> it's wow. it's crazy. Yeah, it's weird that that didn't work out. Yeah. It's and, weird that adding uh, <laughs> drinking and drugs made his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such a positive effect. It helps with judgment. He's constantly, <laughs> and he's, he's constantly pulling a knife on Jamie Dornan, but it's like the smallest knife. It's like right. appropriately small. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's worth a watch. What the hell? Mm. <laughs> All right. It's more like a push pin kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that small. A push pin? <laughs> like a carrot peeler yeah. or something? <laughs> So, Graham, we've got some Patreon sponsors today. Oh, we do, buddy. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Patreon supporters. We don't have a guest, but we've got Patreon (laughs) sponsors. (laughs) This is Uh, my fault. I got asked to do Aggressive Progressive on the Young Turks, mm -hmm. so I had to move the time, and our guest couldn't move the time. But we we didn't cancel him. We moved him. Moved him him to a different Mm -hmm. date. Yeah, so he'll be back in two weeks. It's Henry Phillips, but Mm -hmm. we couldn't. So I couldn't find a guest to fill in such short notice, because they emailed me last night. So... Well, I asked Aaron, he's like, oh, everybody's recovering from the festival right now. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, Johnny Rulon. Johnny Rulon. promoting his novel, Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's available on Amazon in both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. These folks have told us that their numbers have spiked by advertising yes. with us, guys. So if you mm-hmm. have a, a cool product and you don't have a massive marketing budget, right. go to the patreon.com slash comedy film nerds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll hook you up. Uh, the Audacity Performing Arts Project produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. 
Performing arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com. That's audacityperformingarts.com. Check Support them out. Support the arts, yeah, guys. Yeah, it's important. It's a, uh, it's a good organization, they're cutting, for They're sure. getting rid of arts programs in so many schools, and it's ridiculous. That's, when so. we did tours just of grade schools, that's the first thing they said. They said, <sighs> like, all these programs are gone. You know, the PTA and the parents have to pay for them, or they're, they'll disappear. They don't have them. Yeah, yeah, they're gone. Like, literally... Um, the salaries of the art and music and these teachers, even the computer lab, are all have to be paid for. What kind of society are we living in where yeah. we're not, we don't have the money to teach kids arts and music? Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. We got and, money and for war, right? We got yeah. money for war? I just, and you would think, well, computer science, maybe we'll find money for that. Uh, no, no. You know, our grade school, we still have to uh, raise money for the computer teacher, too. What are we training kids to do? Just to be Lyft drivers? Yeah. <laughs> Um, or uh, work at a call center. So, and uh, from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide is a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. That's coffeeoversuicide.com. And uh, Graham and I will be uh, guests on upcoming episodes. Yeah, that'll be cool. That's the other thing, too. Um, you know, if you're promoting a podcast... On the uh, ad tier, uh, we'll be guests as long as it's Skype. We're not going to go to your weird house. Yeah. So uh, it, it has to be Skype, but we'll do it. Yeah. You know, if you live in some weird cave or something like that. Yeah. Then we don't even have to know. Yeah. I don't You know, as know. long as you have a, um, an, internet an internet connection. connection <laughs> yeah. You live wherever you want. You can live with Hervé Villachez in his car. <laughs> sure. You can pull out weird knives. Yeah. Or excuse me, Villachez. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Alice Frazier. Co-host of the Bugle podcast and host of Tea with Alice brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back -back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April 2018 with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. Now, I'd mentioned this before, um, you know, like the Sklars, you said, they're working on their new hour. They mm -hmm. did like a 50-minute set. To do a three-hour stand-up show is quite an accomplishment. It's, it's pretty amazing to be able to do that. Like, uh, what people don't realize is that it takes a lot of material to fill one hour. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, literally, if you read it all out, wrote it all out, it'd be like a book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot. Um, so Google Alice Frazier Trilogy for more info. And Rebecca Evans of the Art Podcast. Hey. Uh, they move past hesitation and to get... Uh, when we move past hesitation and we're true to ourselves, we find our own art in life. If you want to hear some fun stories and get inspired, check out the art. Uh, so go to facebook.com slash the art podcasts with an S. I've been on it. It's really cool. Yeah, it was really... It's a good podcast. Yeah. And uh, all right, trailers. Oh, now. Snap. This was a really interesting one. When I found out about this project, I'm like, I gotta see this trailer. What what is going on here? The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. What? Not just the Nutcracker. Um, there's four realms involved. Okay. All right, let's watch. And, and then when I saw Disney's name over it, I'm like, really? What is going on here? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, this is just a teaser. Sorry, everybody. Hold on. Oh, that's all right. Way to go. I think we we can see enough in 30 seconds. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> or you could do the final trailer. That's the next one Let's there. That. Final yeah. trailer. That, mm -hmm. That's a dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> You're on mute. <laughs> Your gift this year... Would be something just you'll never there <laughs> Most people don't realize that is Morgan Freeman collecting a paycheck in this movie. Within our world, I swear he's like, you know, he goes through and that phase that Tom Hanks went through, just never turns down yep. the script. You don't have to. You, you have to do you, this. Yeah, you could. You you know your career's no. fine. Right? Mm -hmm. Remember, Clara. Nothing is as it seems. A lot of um, visual effects artists got work in this. So that's good. A couple practical effects people. Not as many, but a lot of costume designers. Welcome to our world. You know my favorite part of this uh, trailer is? It's called The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Have you seen The Nutcracker yet? No. Yeah. 
<laughs> trying to figure out which yeah. realm I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Mother Ginger started this war. Don't you know it's dangerous? I hope you'll be the one to finish it. I hope they call it the Nutcracker War. It's just the laws of physics. Do those laws always work? As far as I know. Ready. feels like well you remember how crappy alice in wonderland the live action movies were yeah um, we're gonna make something even worse without tim burton i've been expecting you mm, don't be expecting me it's time so i think there's some mechanical uh, toy soldiers again didn't see the nutcracker in the entire movie the entire trailer i didn't um, I, I cannot um, Maybe he was there. It's after he uh, turns in from the Nutcracker into a soldier. Maybe that was one of the people in the in the trailer. I don't know. How but, do I not want to see that? But well, there's Maybe, well, they're holding it because it's Johnny Depp. Yeah, that'd be hilarious <laughs> if the Nutcracker was Johnny Depp. I hope. Um, so this it, it was fascinating to me because it, I feel like, first of all, there is some marketing money because I'm seeing billboards and like occasional trailers, but there's not a ton of Disney. Like when Disney markets a movie, you know it's coming out. Right. There's no, you know exactly when it's coming out. Your kids know when it's coming out. And uh, this one, they're... How I have feel, I not heard of this until now? Right, right. And I feel like this was almost like some weird backburner project that got made and Disney executives didn't know it got made. Like, And then they're like, well, now we should release it. We may as well try to get some of the money back. Who's spending all yeah, this money yeah. on pumpkin outfits? Yeah, I didn't... <laughs> Uh, what's the, I just got the budget. What is this um, well, this Nutcracker uh, line item? What is this? It was a rat war <laughs> yeah. on the soundstage? What is going on? So uh, this looks like an absolute mess, this movie. And I really don't... I'd love to know the story behind on how it got made because it looks like it was, it, it was just pieced together haphazardly um, and then released with the same amount of enthusiasm. <laughs> I feel like a lottery winner... Uh, got drunk and said, I want to make a movie. And yeah, then this yeah. is what they made. It's really what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know if your kids are going to make you go see this. I'm sorry, but uh, I don't know um, any adult, even if you love the Nutcracker story and you love Christmas and you love uh, uh, um, ballet and you you love dancing rats, you're probably still going to go, I'm not going to go see this no, movie. Sure. No, no, I'd rather just uh, go see the, the uh, ballet again. Uh, yeah, the ballet is pretty good. Yeah, they had it yeah. down a long time mm-hmm. ago. They really figured it out. So, and you really need four realms? No, I think, I think we're good. There's just yeah. one realm. Yeah, and uh, so, and the next uh, movie is Vox Lux. And this is another one where I was like, did they really make this movie? Um, Official trailer. Yeah, Natalie Portman and Jude Law. Green Rock is the feel good. Um, regretting their choice. I've never had fried chicken in my life. Of course, we gotta wait for this trailer. Oh, yeah, the trailer before the, uh, the trailer. For a movie before yeah. the movie. Mm, that's, a, that's a great idea. Rated PG 13. This Thanksgiving. Thank you, Green Book. Here we go. Now, it's his R. It's gonna be language, some strong violence, and some drug content. So. From the public's perspective, this has been a emotional few years for you. Can you tell us what audiences can expect from the new album? This is a culmination of my life's work so far. I was under a lot of stress after my accident. But that's what this show is about. It's about rebirth. Do we really need a Lady Gaga parody movie? That's immediately what I thought of when I saw this trailer. down to the accent. People have been trying to take me down for years. But I won't stay down. Celeste, come so Drew on. Drew Law in a hotel room. Everybody's hallway. downstairs. Oh. That's a comedy beat when someone falls over onto the floor. Powerful haunting film you can't turn And the way I've chosen to live my life. Oh, that guy was the trailer editor. Please don't follow me. Because it's got all these some people's views on things. Festival 
Do you mind if I get a quick picture with you? Mom, I'm worried about you. You're worried about me. Rolling Stone, I trust their opinion. I'm scared. Keep it Taylor's simple. doing nothing for me, though. Jude Law is in this movie because they're saying he's in this movie, but he's not in any of the clips. <laughs> It's in, what, one or two? And now we've got machine guns. They wanted a show. I gave them a show. I don't know. I, I, I'm And there's music by Sia. And directed by Bradley Corbett, not Bradley Cooper. So, <laughs> so a discount Bradley yeah, Cooper. Yeah, yeah. it's like, a, get me the star's porn director or I... his cheapest equivalent. I want to look this up on IMDb. I, I'm so perplexed by that trailer because in the, they do all these things of like, um, you know, uh, quick cuts, and then they keep putting one um, big name festival official selection right. yeah. uh, laurel after another. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently got into a bunch of festivals. And they really liked it at and, those festivals. Uh, Rolling Stone liked it. Um, Brady Corbett has directed, let's see what he's directed. The Childhood of a Leader, and a short film. All right. So not a huge resume, but that's okay. It doesn't mean... It yeah, doesn't mean, you, could have, you could have a vision. You could have a vision. Mm-hmm. I really feel like this movie, it's watching that actor. trailer, it's either, it is either really amazing mm-hmm. or it's a bag of shit and they're going to go, let's play the art house thing because if we tell people it's this artistic masterpiece, then they'll, I've seen so many boring, useless movies and just a festival goes, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Everyone in that they world goes, oh, tomorrow. it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And no one wants to call it out and go, this, I didn't get this, this was stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this feel like this might have uh, festival goggles all over it. <laughs> Black Swan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... When I saw that this trailer too, I'm like, but it, it just has an undertone of like, we need to get take down Lady Gaga. I'm like, really? Are you sure? Or yeah, I don't even get... to the point where like the costumes, like, well, just make it look like Lady Gaga's costume, but not quite that we get sued. Like that kind of like. And uh, is it the cult of 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 fame where like her fans are like crazy avid supporters? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know that you couldn't even tell from the trailer. You just got one clip of fans getting crazy at a show, but what what does that mean? Are they And then why are, are there they machine stalking guns her? Yeah, the why end? are there machine guns? <laughs> is it a heist going on at the uh, same time as the concert? What what's going on? <laughs> I feel like they don't have the footage. So they cut together all of these festival laurels and quotes from the Rolling Stones to tell us how great it is because they don't have the footage to show us. Right. <laughs> that could be. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I feel like. They're trying to trick yeah. me. Mm-hmm. It feels that way. It feels like a, um, it feels like a musical bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. It feels like the movie Catfish. Yeah. It's, Remember you got Catfish with the right, movie Catfish? Yeah. Remember the Catfish trailer made right. you feel like, it, and they said, the it's it's more suspenseful than Hitchcock. Right. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And then it was just boring. Right. <laughs> or Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. Which is you running around that goddamn forest. Mm-hmm. And the thing of Blair Witch. Blair was, Witch I'll give more credit to. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like, it was, you know, found footage was not the th- That was brand new. We had never yeah. done that. But even then. And their marketing campaign was so smart. Right. Yeah. But they didn't have the footage. They no, didn't have no. a movie there. It was Blair Witch, as I always said, it was like going to see Jaws and you just saw the fin and heard the music. Dum, bum, 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 bum. And the shark never jumped up, never bit anybody. You just Oh, that was open water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was specifically what you're describing is that movie open water. <laughs> they had all these festival laurels and I'm like, I'm like, this is a piece of shit and there's like nothing going on with the sharks. They're just trapped in the water and then at the end, uh, they're done. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I'm going to have to, someone, I don't know I'm going to go see this. Someone that I trust is going to have to tell me they saw this and it was actually way better yeah. than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Laura House will go see it. We'll make her go see All it. Right. So I'll ask her. Um, okay, on DVD and Blu-ray, um, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Is this the, uh, who was in this movie? Kate Winston, I think is Mila, it? Mila Kunis and oh, Kate, right. um, 
uh, McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, oh, right, 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 right. So yeah, I didn't quite see this movie, but uh, it didn't really interest me. I've heard it was fun. Yeah, yeah I, I've I heard, heard it was funny it was too. Decent too, but it just it, I kept waiting know. to watch it on a plane. Yeah, so yeah, if it shows up on a plane, I'll see it. Uh, Slender Man. This was another uh, horror movie, studio horror movie, trying to cash in on like an urban legend. Never works. Nope. So um, it didn't, you know, and it was also the kind of thing where it came out way after the teenagers were already past Slender Man. Like, we're not interested anymore. Oh, now the movie's coming out? Great. Well, we're not going to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and it's going to be shitty on top of that? Fantastic. Then we're definitely not going to see it. Uh, the next movie is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Uh, I really want to see this. My kids really want to see I this. I loved it. I'm going to rent it as soon as uh, it comes out. I for had sure. so much fun at this movie. Yeah. There's so many great jokes in it. Mm-hmm. There's so many great jokes in the frame, just in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. It's really well written. It's got all... It It, it makes fun of the DC universe. Right. It makes fun of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really... It's a blast. I, I mean, I, I if you haven't seen this... Deadpool for kids. It is Deadpool <laughs> for kids. And families. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, the next movie is Mandy. This is the Nicolas Cage movie. And I'll tell you, I have heard nothing but good things. People have saying this movie is intense, brutal, and one of the best movies Nicolas Cage has done in years. Uh, so what I'm hearing, though, is like it's one of those movies that it's an acquired taste. Like you have to like horror movies. You have to like brutal movies. You have to like uh, all those things. You have to like uh, madness. Yeah, ins- insanity and uh, and then have, um, you know, Nicolas Cage, but apparently does a really good job on it. Like because the trailer was so insane. Like I was asking, like because Neil saw it, he loved it. And then a couple other people I talked to, they they loved it too. And I was like, well, is it like some weird supernatural horror movie because there's like is it a hallucination is there like are there ghosts i don't i couldn't tell from the uh the trailer because the trailer was so insane was there monsters or what and neil did say it's pretty much a revenge story that's brutal and bloody um and a lot of that is just it's all visions and hallucinations so it's not an actual like horror ghost supernatural story um but he said it's amazing one of his best movies so if you know it, it might be something i check out if it shows up on a streaming service now what if people it? tell you that that vox lux is is like mandy <laughs> like it's that crazy and inventive it's it's crazy in an, in an interesting inventive way like people are saying about mandy right then i'll go see it for okay. sure i will I'll, I'll go um i'll trust what other people say <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, but if people I I trust and their opinion and they, they're saying that, then I will go see it. So that will mean that um, the trailer editors had no idea what to do with the film. <laughs> and um, they were just literally put into the computer, like, um, take uh, a scene every, like, 15 minutes, and then that'll be the trailer. <laughs> so it was literally, the trailer was a timestamp in the, the, the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> so okay and the uh, site spotlight and the fan feedback uh, we are still giving away the free t-shirts with every t-shirt order uh, the downloads are working now you can get Afghanistan. we're not doing pay as you go anymore but we're lowering the price it's only $4.99 look at that and uh, Jackie Cation's um, um, this will make a great Horcrux uh, comedy special is there earbuds is there the earbuds extras and also we just put back up um, Henry Phillips is punching the clown because he's coming on in two weeks so it's gonna be awesome you man. Check that out and it's a great way well. to you guys you know mm-hmm. you do that you're supporting the site you're supporting yep. independent artists and you're like but I want to be part of the site but I don't have any money well we've got you covered there, there too uh, the message boards are now up and running again uh, Charlene our new uh, board moderator is up there she's starting threads she's cleaning up all the old spammy posts and uh it's like it's a brand new house so come, come and come and come visit join come to the yeah. comedy film already already house. had a couple people come out and say oh this is great i'm glad people are finally coming back after like a oh, two-year break oh, and, I, <laughs> and it's good to see so i know it's a bit of a ghost town right now but come on back uh we'll we'll make it a really fun community again um we're at the uh and you're getting in on the ground floor we're starting over as of like last week so there you go so and thank you out. charlene for yes. jumping in to be the moderator we really thank Thank you so much. That. It was a it was a heavy lift to get started yes. for sure. Uh, and premiering this week, Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to this movie, but I also I think I need to manage my expectations because I feel like I'm ready to be disappointed if it's not great. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just let me tap I'm, that down a little bit and let me uh, let me just enjoy the film. I'm and see going how it is. in expecting this to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
which I might, I know so you'll my, be even uh, more disappointed than like, I will be. <laughs> I am swinging for the fucking fences, man. I either hit yeah. it out of the park or I strike out like yeah. a jackass. <laughs> and the other movie is, of course, Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Oh, no, so, these four realms yes. here all. So, uh, how so, those accents in gowns? Yeah. <laughs> Special effects. And wind-up soldiers. Wind-up soldiers made by computers. So, and Go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. That that deserves your money more. Or watch Teen Titans Go. Yes. Um, Well, that is our show, Graham. Oh, it is. It is. It's our, uh, you know, it's our our first comeback show. I feel like when we go away to a festival, it's like it's a big ordeal and a... uh, It's not that. We just It just feels longer. Like uh, two days. I know. I know. It just feels like... We didn't go to China. We've been gone for four weeks. It feels like... It was was just two days. It was no big deal. So, um, uh, but Aaron looks tired. I am tired. We we don't have to take on his exhaustion because he had to move a studio across the desert and then back. We just drove there. Yeah. We told some movie jokes. And then we came back. You drove home. I yep. did some joke jokes. And mm-hmm. then I watched the movie. And then I, you know. Hit a, hit a plane. Had snacks mm-hmm. in the United Club Lounge mm-hmm. at the Phoenix Airport. Nice. It's good mm-hmm. snacks. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a flight delay, but we made it home. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Thank you so Well, make much. it up in the snacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, and and that is our uh, that is our That's show. That's 440, guys. Mm-hmm. Lock it down. Drag it out. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you so much to everybody at the All Things Comedy for, who made the festival, really. Uh, so many yeah, people. Yeah, great. want to thank everybody. Put so much work into that. And everybody at all the clubs, Stand Up Live, the Tempe Improv, you know, that whole team of club owners like uh, Brian and Andrew Dorfman, Matt, Mark Grossman. Um, I'm blanking on. Uh, Matt Coleman. Matt Coleman. Uh, they're all, you know, they're club owners that I've known for years. Some, and they've, they've, they just really run, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We know the club owners that are shitheads and weasels. Yes. We've seen the clubs go out of business because they, everyone yeah. started doing blow. Mm. Uh, we know the clubs that, that don't treat their comics well. And we know the clubs where they're always honest and cool. And that's why, mm. that's why they're still around. Right. So, um, Matt is great. We were having some tech issues. He's, he looked at me. He's like, do you need a hug? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, there's so like, there've been like, so Ron Placone and I emailed those guys. He said, we're trying this new progressive comedy tour. And you know, Matt Coleman gave us an off night at the Tempe improv in May. Uh, Brian Dorfman gave us an off night in, um, Nashville in June. And his brother, Andrew, who runs the Huntsville uh, club the stand up live down in Huntsville. They gave us off nights. They're like, look, Graham, we can't risk a weekend because that's our those are our big money nights. But we'll give you off nights to try this new thing. And they're supporting a cool new thing. Yeah, they're yeah. businessmen. They can't like give us Saturday night. And if we mm-hmm. don't bring, we don't pack the house because that's their money night. But like, how cool is that? That so many club owners are dicks. Or they these guys are just upfront with you. And I really, I really appreciate it. And and the fact that they're involved in this festival is one of the reasons why it's a good festival. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not naming names, but there's some other clubs uh, in this city that, you know. Well, uh, interesting. it's a good festival. It's a good festival. <laughs> it's a good festival. ADC is a good festival. Before we go off on a tangent. Sure. A, yeah. <laughs> I'll be talking about that in a, a different. political vigilante. Uh, somewhere mm-hmm. else. That's going to be discussed. <laughs> but uh, this, yeah, it's a really fun festival. And uh, the, the thing I like about it, too, is even last year, uh, and we got this compliment when we were um, starting LA Podfest. It felt like a fifth year festival. Yeah. Like it was ran so well, it was smooth, and the fans were really digging it. So it's, you know, and that takes a lot of work to get all that planning done before We've the, been uh, to event. plenty of first year festivals mm-hmm. that were clunky and unorganized right, exactly. and, and, and really, and you, you cut them slack. <clears throat> but this just felt like, <clears throat> boom, this was just up and running. Mm-hmm. And the pop up studio was such a cool idea last year to see them make it better and improve it was, mm-hmm. was, yeah, that's and it was a reasonable price. What was the price for the pop-up studio, Aaron? Free. Free. That's there you price. go. That's a good price. How can you, you go wrong? And you feel appreciated as a performer. Mm-hmm. You know, we all got paid a little bit. We got hotels. We got yep. appreciated as a performer. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, you should be lucky we're inviting you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so we're uh, we're looking forward to next year. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, I'm in production on Conversations from the Abyss. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, we have about half of them in production, uh, in post, rather. I just recorded record. one with Rick Overton. Yeah, Graham did a fantastic one with Rick Overton. Really it's cool. a, with a political spin that uh, <laughs> stunt casting. 
and <laughs> and uh, they're coming out really well. Dave Schmidt has been doing a fantastic job on the audio post at, over at Acapella Audio, mm-hmm. and he's got some really creepy ones, got some interesting ones. Uh, Janet Varney is so busy with all her shows right now, but still found time to record one. Um, you know, she's uh, and hers is really good. Uh, she's Schmidt at acapella is so great. You know, he came in and helped out on a couple episodes of the FNX thing because we were jammed Mm -hmm. up in post and he's really, you know, he did earbuds, he did Afghanistan. Yep. So if you ever have any audio needs, go to acapellaaudio.com. Free plug. Free plug, Mm -hmm. Dave. (laughs) Um, So, all right. That's our show. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Aaron, everybody at ATC. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first.